please and lift your Bibles up. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 15 to 23. Our teenagers are going to love this. Amen. I hope to hear some amens from them this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, no, man. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, just say with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Genesis 2 verse 15 says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And brought them to Adam to see what the, he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a help, helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a sleep, a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib from which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And God said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Open our minds to understand your word. And our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord God, we want to be more than mere hearers of your word. But do us also. Teach us by your spirit. Speak, Lord, for we, your servant, hear it. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. In, in my humble opinion, and based upon experience and observation, our present uh, culture, our, our system of dating is extremely poisonous. Uh, the way how the culture speaks of dating and, 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 and communicates dating, I believe it's, a very, it's very, very poisonous. In fact, it's, it's border on being very harmful to many who engage in it. it. And here are some of the reasons. I believe it promotes increased sexual desire. I believe it promotes the isolation from others. It causes jealousy. It, it often results in shallow relationships. It often skips the relationship development and heads immediately to the physical aspect of relationship. Dating often stunts spiritual, mental, and emotional growth. It often results 
in unnecessary hurt and disappointment in life. Dating actually creates an artificial environment that makes it impossible for evaluating a person's character. Anyone can look good for a night or two when putting their best foot forward. You have, I don't know if you have ever heard this, that you look good from far, but you're far from good looking. Because the closer I get to you, the more you make me want to run away. Dating often promotes unhealthy patterns for marriage. Rarely does it promote marriage, but often establishes patterns that easily lead to divorce. In other words, you create some practices in your dating that in marriage you cannot do. And because of that, the marriage fall apart because people want what they had in dating. And in marriage you can't do it. Alright, I said this a few weeks ago. Listen, if you are giving people what you're supposed to receive in marriage when you're dating, why should they marry you? Right? You need to keep some stuff in reserve. It's reserved for marriage. In other words, if you start wash clothes and cook food and, and iron clothes and, and, and all of them things and buy groceries and pay bills and stuff and all of that, that's married life right there. Why bother get married? I mean, somebody even heard this. The person said, why should we even bother get married? Why do they say that? Because we already live in the married life. The danger you run is when you practice marital stuff in dating, you're eliminating date marriage. So be very careful. They have an old saying, it says, no ring, no thing. Our dating system often distorts the meaning of real love because people are often not real in dating. In dating, people put on their best look, their best... Listen, it used to happen. I remember back in the days in Kingston, I mean, guys would dress, borrow them friend clothes, and walk to half a tree to meet the schoolgirls. And they used to wear the most expensive stuff. And one week, this one wear it and get a girl. The next week, a next man wash it and he go cross road in the same suit, and him look bash and trash, and him get a next girl. And they keep ex one suit captured many hearts. And when these girls would know, say they're going to the guy's house and they say, Ayaso, you live? Because they were taken to, to the guy looks up and she said, hey, come and take me on. And she, I'm telling you, this is the reality. That she would skip school or high school or whatever, or leave school and said she had, had, had extracurricular activities. End up at a guy's house. But can I use the bathroom? Him take her on a box. What do you mean run out of the back? Run out of the back of the room? No, run out of the back out her door. And she goes outside and she knocks on the bathroom door and she realizes a tenement yard and somebody else in there. And when she goes in there, she uses it and she goes like, you know, in Kingston, in the bathroom, they have a bowl in there, but they don't have running water in there. So there's nothing. To, and she goes, boss, oh, where's the water? No, you have to catch water at the pipe outside carry in the bathroom and when you use it you throw it into the bowl and it flushes. I said it works. 
And then she begins to think, what did I get myself into? And because she has gone so far down the road, she said, might as well look at the and done. That may be the extreme, but I hope you get the picture. But I know it has happened. And I've seen it several times. Dating often distracts young people from their primary responsibility of preparing for the future. And so because of these problems, I have concluded that our dating is often unhealthy and ungodly. It's fun, but I think you will agree that it is mostly driven by the lust of the flesh and peer pressure. Even adults, I've heard persons in their 30s say, everybody have man, warm to me. And everybody have woman, warm to me. In fact, men come under tremendous pressure to be in relationship. Because most men try to be in a relationship with you, not because of you, but because of how they look in front of their friends. So when they are with you, you become a trophy to their friends. It, it, you are the proof that they're not gay. They don't really want you. But they need to prove to their friends, in our culture in Jamaica, they need to prove to their friends that they're not gay. So they say, listen, I need to, any woman I find, I want to be able to point and say, she's my woman, so my friends don't think of me a particular way. That's, that's peer pressure. Am I, am I making sense or, or like, uh, is this real? Like I need to call in the ladies to the crowd. <laughs> amen, amen. There we go. <laughs> so how do you reckon that I find a mate? So now you're probably saying, then pastor, if we're not supposed to date, how may I go find a mate? Because you have to date to find a mate. It rhymes, pastor. Hello. This is not like back in your ancient time, a modern time now, pastor. Date and mate rhyme. To find a mate, you have to date. You have to go to somebody's gate. And you better not turn up late. <laughs> All I do is rhyme. All right, well, I'll see. <laughs> How do I find a mate? A, a great question. I'd like to encourage God's people to find the answer from the Bible rather than from our culture. And our text, Genesis 2, 15 to 23, gives us a great start. So how do you find a mate? Well, how did Adam find a mate? How did Adam find a mate? You know, you know what? He didn't. Do you know that Adam did not find a mate? God brought him one, made him one, and brought her to him. If we go by, remember, Genesis is the book of beginning. Relationships works more ideal when they begin the way that God established. What is that? God makes the person and brings the person to you. Come on, can I get an amen? Let, let me say it again. Adam did not go seeking. God saw what he was doing and said, listen, it's not good for you to be alone. God tailor-made and special made someone that was suitable and comparable and brought the person to Adam. You may be saying, well, Pastor, them things that don't work again. If Miss can't wait for that, like Adam, not now, go on for me. I'm going to want single pastor. 
Some of you have to do something before something do me. But, but that's the whole point of the ser- sermon. Personally, I believe in arranged marriages. I, I know you like it. So what? Yeah, you fix your glasses. As long as God or Heavenly Father is doing the arranging. So before you stone me, that's what I meant. Do you understand me? But I had to put you in shock first before I gave you the rest. I believe in arranged marriages. As long as God, the Heavenly Father, arranges it. Imagine if God arranged your marriage, young people. Because everything that God does is good. You won't, not, not meaning you, you will not have problems, but all things will work together for your good. Because it's God's perfect will. It means then that as fathers and mothers, you must be praying that God will arrange your child's marriage if you want them to be married. Instead of saying to them, you know, find somebody. You are 20 now. You are 23 now. Begin to pray that there is an arranged marriage by God the Father. In other words, marriage better be a matter of God's conclusion. Who said you are supposed to get married? And who said this is the person? Marriage must be a matter of God's conclusion. This must be God says yes. God says him. God says her. It must be a matter of God's conclusion. In our text, it was God's conclusion that it is not good for Adam to be alone. It must be God's conclusion that it is not good for you to be alone. Not your conclusion. The issue we have is that we come to our own conclusion that it is not for good for us to be alone. And we decide that we need to find. God says, if I come to that conclusion, you will not need to find, I will bring to you. It was God's conclusion. He said the man needed a helper. That wasn't Adam's answer. That was God's conclusion. It must be God's conclusion. Marriage better be a matter of God's provision. Adam did not go and find God provided. You know what I find amazing? We sing this song. Everything we need, he's already provided. You, you know that song? He's already provided. We sing about Jehovah Jireh. But when it comes to relationships, we don't trust God's provision. So let me ask you this question. Who is best qualified for choosing your mate for life? God or you? That's the truth. If it were up to my wife, she would marry me. I, I tell you that without hesitation. And if it were up to me, I probably wouldn't marry her. But God, God knows better, God knows best. God is the best qualified person for choosing your mate for life. In fact, the scripture says, seek first his kingdom. When it comes on to relationship, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you as well. Seek God. What is my role then? Pastor, if we're not supposed to be seeking the spouse, what am I supposed to be doing? Seeking God. In the 
same way we don't go out seeking this and running after this and running after that. No, in the same way we ought to be seeking God and pursuing God. And as we pursue God, as Adam was, God will bring the suitable helper into our lives. I, I tell you how I know dating don't work. If you have dated, I guarantee that most people who have dated and you're in your 30s, you probably have at least three bad relationships. It ended. And you have regrets about even some of the persons. Like you said to yourself, if I had known better, I would not have been with that person. You know that at no point in the Bible, watch this, Adam had any regrets about Eve. Except he said, it is a woman who you brought into my life called me to sin. The text suggests that we are not to worry about what we'll eat, what we'll wear, and I believe we can conclude who we will marry. In fact, we have gone so far with this whole thing that we already have the shape, the size, the color, the eyes of the person that we want. We have painted our own picture. Men have Coca-Cola buckle shapes with pretty eyes, long hair, browning. As some men say, them like them brown and round. And the ladies say, they like them tall, dark, and handsome. Like me, when I get to marry nobody, you know, because I'm short. So we have not just gone to wanting to find. We have created what we're looking for. You see why the whole thing is messed up? So in other words, you have said we don't need no help because we know exactly what they want. Them have to have money. Come, you know what? A broke pocket. <laughs> you must see my pastor. We don't want a broke pocket. Yeah. And a thing has gotten so twisted that men now are looking for women who have a heart of mining. them trying to find women who can mind them. And women, I mean, the thing is so twisted that women believe, like right now, it better me find a man where we can mind, because at least we can control it. That is how despicable our whole dating culture has become. So, so if you're getting married, you must ask yourself, are you convinced that it is God's conclusion that you should get married? And are you convinced that this is God's choice as your mate? If you, if you can't marry the person, you can't date the person. And I'm going to tell you why. Because dating ought to be used for confirmation. So I'm at the stage now that I know God wants me to be married. I know it is you. So we need to spend some time to confirm that this is God. So dating helps with confirmation. I want you to get that. Usually, dating in our society is used in order to search for a mate. Dating, in, 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 according to a biblical principle, is not to search for a mate. Because when this happens, everything is based 
upon how she makes me feel or he makes me feel. But I want to suggest to you that you've dated to confirm that this is the one from the Lord. I believe that there are some clues presented in this passage that will help you whether or not this person is the conclusion and provision of God. So here's the next person who comes to you. I have to be sure that you are the conclusion and you are the provision of God. Amen? Now if you're married, you know that that is the conclusion and that is the provision. You don't make a wrong choice. Your husband is not wrong. He's the right one because you're already married. Your wife, your wife is not the wrong wife because she's the one that you married. Amen? All right. Here we go, sir. I need to get that. So don't bother well say, boy, pastor, I'm glad for this message because I'm the wrong one. So I don't want you to get this twisted. So, so dating is to help to confirm if this is the one. So how that works? First, it, it presents with the opportunity to check your relationship with God. Now you see them in church, right? Now you get the opportunity to see if they are playing church or they are really practicing Christ-likeness. Priority number one is his or her relationship with God. You know, that, that, that eliminates a whole heap of people already. Because if you're, let me just say it straight out the if you're a Christian, you have to date a Christian. Don't tell me that no man in a church. No man where you want in the church. And if no man not in the church, maybe it's not your man time yet. Because when your man time comes, God will provide. Because he is provider. Say, if none is not there, go on. Waiting. Sit in limbo. Waiting for my time to go. In the context of Genesis 2, we learn that Adam walked and talked with God. He listened and he knew the word of God. Christians are to marry Christians. And not only are, uh, not only are that, uh, that alone, but maturing Christians to, ma to marry maturing Christians are being in relationship with maturing Christians. I hear people who come into church say, well, pastor, you know, he's not really saved yet, you know. But we know that me, if you come to church and we get saved and get serious with the Lord. Listen. If he can't pursue the Lord by himself, trust me, you can't convince him. Many of us want to be male and female in the church nowadays, want to make people into holy, mature Christians. We want to take the Holy Spirit job because we want to marry a person. Colossians 6 verse 14, 2 Corinthians, sorry. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. What fellowship does light have with darkness? No, I know you're big and you're an adult and you can do what you want. All I'm doing is telling you what scripture says. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. Straight and plain. You don't need to go to counseling. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. That's the word of the Lord. There is no, you, you take it in the Greek, you, 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 
you dive into it, you, you extrapolate from it, you, 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 you make parables out of it, it says what it means. Now, you can make excuses, but it says what it means, and it means what it says. Listen, if you're a child of God, you are to marry, a, and you marry a child of the devil, you're going to have problems with your in-laws. Let me say it again. If you're a child of God, and you marry a child of the devil, you're going to have problems with your in-laws. Simply put. Therefore, faith and commitment to Christ are to be the first priority. Second, you check your attitude toward work. Remember Adam, the first thing that Adam had, he walked and talked with God. The second thing is that you have to check them attitude toward work. This is the dating thing now, no? Them walking with the Lord. Then you check them attitude toward work. Genesis 15 and from verse 19 to 20 teaches us that before Adam had any thought at all about marriage, he got a job. He did what God gave him to do. Now, if the person is unemployed and not going to school, red flag. If they're not doing anything, it's not that they lose their job, you know. It's that they don't have a job. He asked them, when last time you sent out a resume? Tired of them thing they write down, because every time one send out resume, nobody knows. Listen, work is always available. The problem people have is that the work that is available, them don't want to do it. Say that again. Let me say, let me talk to the ladies. Ladies, it is better to take a man who, until he gets what he, his degrees qualifies him for, he's sweeping the street to earn. Knowing that one day he's going to get what his degree qualifies him for. But if he decides until he gets what his degree qualifies him for, he's not going to do anything, red flag. Because Adam was always working. Don't let your parents send you to school. Let me talk to the ladies. Let me talk to these. Listen, don't let your parents send you to school. Work so hard to send you to college. And you pick up a guy who don't want to work so you can buy him cloth and jeans. Red, double red, triple red flag. Listen, don't come to me and tell me that Pastor, you just want to try with him. This is not a three-point shot or a penalty. Relationship is not try out. Stay away from the sluggard. You know the Bible tells you that, that you stay away from the sluggard. Stay away from the sluggard. Marriage is work. And if they are lazy and disrespectful at work, I guarantee it will be the same at home. Is he or she responsible? That's it. How is their attitude at work? Then you don't see them doing anything even in the church. Then your, the third thing, so you check their relationship with God, your attitude at work, you check their ability in communication. 
Verse 23 says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Man, Adam sounds so intelligent. Not all of even understand what that means. Adam communicates in such a, an intelligent way that some of us have to try to get the interpretation of what Adam meant. So you know that Adam was no fool. Adam could communicate very well. Watch this. As soon as Adam sees Eve, he gives a speech. And it wasn't roses or red. Violets are blue. Eve is pretty. Eve, who is prettier than you? It wasn't that. It says, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. I don't have a clue what that means, but it sounds intelligent. <laughs> Do you understand me? So, so yeah, man, the money are bright. Can you imagine Eve, the first speech she hears? She hears him stand up and he says, Hey, here cometh bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. She must go, oh my God, what powerful words. <laughs> yes. I think that it is important because it shows his ability to communicate. Does he or she honestly have the ability, honestly have the ability to communicate their feelings? All this is saying is that Adam could communicate his feelings. You better know that answer before you say, I do. You must know if the person feels at liberty to communicate their feelings in a most respectful way. You see, because verbal abuse is going to lead to physical abuse. You see, all this is showing is that Adam knew how to communicate his emotions to Eve without being disrespectful. You understand? In other words, if when the man communicates, there's a disrespectful tone in it, you have to check it. Young ladies, listen. Anyone who says after you don't deserve your attention. When they see you, it's not you, you look goody. No, Adam didn't say that. Adam says, This is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Do you see the, the level of respect in how he expressed his feelings? Though he must have felt deep love and admiration for this beautiful woman, his, his words were of the highest order and respect in addressing her. Therefore, if a man is going to speak to you, he must speak to you at the highest level of respect. At all times. Even if like Eve, you're walking half naked. Because the scripture does say they were naked. And Adam did not say, Hey, look at her breath. Oh, look at... He didn't see any of that. He saw a woman. Why? Because communication is the key to any relationship. Three things that will help you with confirmation. How they communicate to God... Their character and their communication 
if they excel in these three areas, you have a good one. Ah, number four, we use something very, number three, sorry, call ahead and make your reservation. All right, I'm going to explain to you what that means, but just write it down, call ahead and make your reservation. If you are not presently married, there are some reservations that I want you to pledge that you will make today. The first reservation is reserve the throne of your life for Jesus Christ. Before you even begin dating, I'll reserve the throne of your life for Jesus Christ. Don't put any person on the throne of your life except Jesus. Too often in the process of dating and liking people, we put them ahead of God. We make them more important than God, bigger than God. The call of being a Christian is a call to follow Jesus. That means he leads. Even marriage and dating are discipleship issues. Who is governor of my life? Me or Jesus? Do I do what I want or what he wants? And you have to know that in the person who says they like you. Who is on the throne of their life? If money is on the throne, they are going to treat you like what is on the throne of your life. If money is on the throne of their life, they're going to treat you like how they treat money. If material things are there, that's how they're going to treat you. But if God is on the throne of their heart and the throne of their life, they're going to treat you like how they treat God. People treat you based on what is on the throne of their heart. How they treat, treat that thing. Watch this. Reserve the choice of your mate for your heavenly father. I want you to pledge that God, I will reserve the choice of my mate to you, my heavenly father. Like I said earlier, I believe in arranged marriages with God the father doing the arranging. So receive reserve the choice of your mate for your heavenly father. Here's the third thing. Reserve dating for the marriage season of life. Because dating is to be used for confirmation, not exploration. Let me say it again. Dating is to be used for confirmation, not exploration. Why do I want why, why I don't want my 13-year-old or my 14-year-old to be dating? Because you're not ready for marriage yet. You're just exploring. And dating is not for exploration. It is for confirmation. So until you're ready to be married, you're not ready to date. So I know your question is then, Pastor, what am I supposed to do in the meantime? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know he that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And I know like you're saying, well, Pastor, you can say that because you are married. Alright? I can say that as well because I know the dangers in it. 
I've seen enough bad relationships because of dating that I can say to you, you're going to have regrets. I'll tell you, if you talk to your parents, they will tell you the dates, the persons that they have been with, and they will tell you that they have regrets. And if they are married now, they will tell you that they wish they had not been with any of those persons and been with their spouse alone. And, and I know sometimes people say, it's a stupid person who says, allow me to make my own mistakes. There are, so, there are certain things you don't mis make mistakes. You don't want to, you don't want to make mistakes. It happens, but you don't want to make mistakes with where you buy your house and who you plan to live with. You can make mistakes on car. But a relationship is not something to make a mistake with. Just like a house. You don't want to buy a house in the wrong place. I want you to also pledge that you'll reserve physical passion for marriage. Reserve physical passion for marriage. No kissing, no touching, no squeezing, no embracing. No whining, no dining. So Elizabeth Elliot said this, keep your hands off and your clothes on. I'm going to make some shirts with that. Hands off, clothes on. What? Listen, and don't get me wrong, because sex is a good thing. It was created by God, but it was designed to happen only in the bounds of marriage. And it was designed to be a celebration of intimacy. Sex is a party for two who celebrate their commitment and intimacy of marriage. You see, our world sees sex as a recreational sport. But what they don't realize is that when treated as a game, it destroys all the participants. God designed sex to be a marital celebration of intimacy. So, young adults and teens, the kissing, touching, and caressing that often takes place in today's dating scene is based purely on lust. And when you succumb to it, you're giving place to lust. So let me tell you how it works. Whatever a man sow, so shall he reap. I did this a, a few years ago. We spoke about this, and maybe I need to go over it again. Here's what happened. If in the dating, you begin to do that so that you, in preparation for marriage, what is going to happen? Because remember, if you're a Christian, you're doing it and you're hiding. It's called sneak intimacy. And so what you're doing, you're creating an appetite in your spouse that when you get married, they're going to have the same desire to sneak and do things. That is why dating has some patterns and practices that messes up marriage. 
because no, he's not going to, and she's not going to be satisfied because there's no more hiding going on. And they love hiding because that was created in dating. Many times when people cheat, here's what happened. What they used to do in dating, they don't do again. So they used to hide from people and go and have sex in the dating because they're Christians and wanted nobody to know. No, they're married. And everybody know, no more hiding. Say, no, feel nice again. So they have to find somebody else who they can hide and do it with to regain that experience. That is what you create. It's based on purely lust, selfishness, and it awakens desires that can be only righteously be satisfied in marriage. Songs of Solomon 8 verse 4. That's it. This is not just me. It says, do not wake and love before the proper time. This scripture is the guide. Don't wake and love before its proper time. Let me tell you this. There are certain things that if you get engaged in it, it's harder to stop. So don't do it any at all. So flee youthful lust and shun the very appearance of evil. All right. I normally ask these questions of teenagers, but I don't have any teenage males in the church. Don't have a lot. Are young men. But every time I've spoken to teenagers, one of the questions I ask the young men is this. How many of you would gladly marry a virgin and almost every single one of them said they would so I always ask them after that if you want to marry a virgin why do you want to sleep with this young lady because it says to me that you want to sleep with her but if after that you have a choice you'll probably leave her for a virgin You understand what's happening? Ladies, young ladies, let me tell you this. Men want to be the only man who has ever been with their woman. He wants to live in the relationship and come into the relationship with that feeling. It don't happen all the time, but they enjoy that feeling. So if they're asking you for something sexual before marriage, you understand that there's an issue. Do not wake in love before the proper time. All sexual activity is to be reserved for your spouse in marriage. Ephesians 5 verse 3 says, But among you there must, must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of purity or of greed because they are improper for God's holy people. All right? Oh, Lord. Boy, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. What, what am I going to do now? Lord of mercy, I can't do nothing to Pastor. Uh, and I'm not plan to marry until they are 30 years old. You know, so how, 
Alright, let me tell you, I have the answer. You want a solution? Uh, listen, I have the solution of how to make this work and keep yourself until you reach 35 or 30 or 25, whatever age that is. For some of you 50 or 100, I don't know. Like, but, but, but whatever age that is. Here is the answer. It starts with four. It's so simple. And if you do this, it works, it works, it works. Here is it. Pray. 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 I'm telling you. When Jesus was tempted, what did he do? Pray. When he was under pressure in the garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? He prayed. Begin now leaving this issue in the hand of God via prayer. Pray, 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 pray. Say, God, God, I pray that you would just, God, just reduce the workings of these hormones. Hallelujah. Part of the spirit of God is self-control. Say, God, I pray for self-control. I pray for patience because that's a working of the spirit of God. You pray. Listen, mothers, you get your daughters and you pray for them. Instead of teasing them and saying, you're a big human now, when we all get some grand picnic. Listen, you're really telling your daughter to get married. I don't even get to that part yet you know, because we don't talk about people get married to have children. You, know. you know that there are people who get married because they want to have children. If, if, you, want, if you want children, you don't have to get married. You, know. you can adopt. Because having kids is not the purpose of marriage. Listen, people get married because they want to control them sexually. Listen, if you're out of control, marriage don't bring you under control. A thief is a thief when he's in prison. You know, he just got nothing, nothing there for him to steal. Amen? So if sexually you're a pervert, getting married, you don't need marriage, you need Jesus. Marriage doesn't remove sexual perversion. Jesus does. So don't get married. Don't, don't tell your kids to get married because a full time you get married now. And don't tell us how her, her fan get married. What, you know what? You know what? We are get old boy. At times you get down grand pain. What? We are straight. Don't know about you, but I told myself that I didn't want any kids out of wedlock. Oh, listen. Did all that I could to ensure that. Listen. When? When I have my children, I will be a married man. And it didn't matter to me. When my friends were having kids and the one more, they have a name with them call you. I don't even remember. They have they have a kid. Yeah, they are gay. Yeah? I don't gill it. I don't even know what it is. Some it's some horse racing name that them give you, but I don't know. It didn't matter to me. Gilding. Gelding, don't know what it means, but whatever they want to call it, you know what I'm talking about. But listen, it didn't matter to me because peer pressure would not get me to get married. Because I've seen many people get married because of the pressure that society, family, and church put on them. If you made a mistake and you had sex before marriage and you're pregnant, you can't use marriage and cover up sin. 
There are people who get married in the church because they want when the child comes. They don't love the person, you know, but because they were doing something wrong and they get pregnant and they don't believe in abortion, they say, let's get married. But they don't love the person. You can't use, you can't use marriage to cover up sin. So pray, 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 pray. Remember that character is so much more important than physique. Alright, so check their character. Men, check their pretty face and bad character. You know that, right? Check them character. Because brother, the scripture says, it's better to live in the room than to be in the house with a married to a cantankerous woman. My brothers in Christ, the Bible does say there are cantankerous women out there. And no, you don't believe it. They don't look cantankerous. But the Bible says, at least one cantankerous woman out there. Don't find her. And, and get to know her mother, because if her mother cantankerous, you may be generational, you need to break the generational curse. Just saying, just saying. But, but, but sometimes ladies have this issue as well because we make it a man issue. But women will look at the physical appearance of a man and be attracted to that without knowing his character. Again, reserve physical passion for marriage. Refuse to be distracted by your hormones. In fact, I would encourage you to stay away from all sexual activities as you possibly can. Have an accountability partner. Amen. Have somebody who is going to help you. Not somebody who is going to condone with you. But someone who is going to correct you in love and help you. Have someone in your life who will ask you the hard questions. Commit to honoring. Let me give you the next guy. Commit to honoring your parents at all times. If you're going to date, honor your mother and your father. The scripture speaks about that. Honor your mother and your father that your days may belong. If you have a godly mother and a godly father, and they say no, no is the answer. Honor them. Because the scripture said there's a blessing in honoring your parents. You can't dishonor your parents and think like you're honoring God. Do parents always get it right? No. But we can always show them honor. Listen, my mother says, like, she, she don't feel comfortable with this. So let's hold on. Let's pray about it. Let's pray that God would speak to her or God will confirm with us. You, you understand me? But honor your mother and your father. Make purity a priority. Say that again. Make purity a priority. Your purity and the purity of your parents is a necessity of the Christian fellowship. Make purity a priority. Keep yourself pure in every way. Keep yourself, let me say it again, keep yourself pure. That is why, listen, I don't care how mature you are. I don't care how much tongues you speak. I don't care how much prayer you pray. You can't have damn on you. You and him have a whole night. When you could have locked up, you know, you could have done one prison cell here, son, you didn't want prison cell. It can't be right. I, I'm a pastor. 
and I'm not going to be in a house with a woman coming out of the bathroom in a towel wrapper. And that's not my standard. The scripture says, flee the very appearance of evil. If it smell wrong, stay far. And I'll say it again. What destroys marriage the most is what happens in dating the most. If you're doing things wrong in the dating process, it's going to affect the marriage. Because people often, and I'll tell, I'll tell you again, this whole idea of hiding and doing stuff is what creates in the heart of the person. Because we are creating patterns and we don't know it. When you get married, people want to hide. They want to sneak up love and romance because that is what they have become accustomed to. So here's what. Anything you're doing, in your dating, you could say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad for this right now. I give you glory, Lord. Because in everything we do, God ought to be glorified. You're supposed to come home and can talk to you. If you're young, like these guys, you're supposed to can come and talk to your mother and your father. Hey, you're supposed to say, hey, daddy, let me tell you, let me just talk to you. Listen, listen. I don't want my sons when they get older to talk to me about the details of their love life. But my son and I can talk about, you understand me, their love life. Boy, things are going good in a daddy. Or daddy, teach me something. Uh, you understand what I mean? You're supposed to talk about that. If you're in a relationship and you can't tell your parents you are going something wrong. Now, if you're older, say you're, you know, you're older, you don't have your parents in your life and things. You're supposed to be able to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad about this. Hallelujah. And if somebody asks you to talk about it and stuff, you should gladly talk about it because you're doing nothing wrong. If you have to hide something, something is wrong. Amen? So words to guys. Guys, realize that girls don't have the same struggles with sex drives that you do. Their struggles are more emotional. So 1 Timothy 5 verse 2 says, and it encourages us to treat younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So if you're a man of God, here's what, because you, you begin to treat women with understanding. You realize that they, they have some emotional struggles, so you have to help them with their purity. There are times they're going to come to you hurting and crying and broken hearted because they feel rejected. Don't use that to no manipulate them. You understand me? If you're a leader, they're going to come to you and, oh, they're going to love you and say, boy, father, be lonely and thing. Listen, don't use that and say, boy, I look like she loves me. You know? I wonder if I can. The scripture says that as men, we ought to protect them. So the girls realize that every guy struggles with his eyes. That doesn't mean, uh, that doesn't mean men can be real fervor. In other words, listen, you know men are very visual. My God, man. Protect the men in the church. Because if it is exposed, they're going to look. Let me say it again. If you're showing them, they're going to look. Let me say it louder. If you're showing them, 
you're going to look. So because you know that and you love others as you love yourself, you hide everything. You wrap up in your everything. You wear a sheet come church because it's not give them nothing. No cleavage around here. Don't, don't, don't try and say, well, well, if I don't dress nice, who is going to want me? Well, listen, you must understand that it's not only the person who wants you is looking. All who not supposed to want you and those who don't want you. And the only person who should be seen is the person who God is preparing for you. Amen? So please help and refuse to wear clothing that draws attention to your body. And then say, well, men are supposed to be mature and not look. That is like telling a dog not to bark. Let me say it again. It's like telling a dog not to bark. You see when you see the billboard, or when your husband driving, when you come out of the car and you pass next time, you go look on it. He may not look on it when you are there, but when you're not there, you may go look on the billboard. The world says, have a nice body, tells you to flaunt it. God says, save it for your husband. So my best advice, my best advice for finding a mate is this. Don't look for one. Let God do all the work. In fact, I'd, I would suggest that you just run as fast as you can towards a loving God. And as you run to God, if you ever notice someone running the same direction, you may want to consider running together. I want to say to parents, especially fathers, fathers for young ladies, listen, you don't pray for your daughters because you don't think they're supposed to be in relationships. And so you don't pray. You have to pray for your daughters in this era of their life. Pray that God will preserve their purity. Pray that God will prepare a mate for them. Pray that they will pursue God. Encourage your children by having and modeling and teaching the right priorities. What I mean by that is that mothers and fathers, you have to yes, mothers, you have to you have to tell your daughters the right priorities. Our culture is becoming a culture where the first thing girls look for is who have the most money. And then the second thing is who look the best. Uh, money is important. Don't get me wrong. Looks are important. Education is important. But oftentimes, people ignore the spiritual aspect of people's lives and run down the money. Because somehow, a woman sometimes tends to believe that she can lead a man to the Lord so that she can be with him. Men, let me help you because one of the problems that men have is that they will look in the church and see women. And because they don't shape a particular way, they don't look a particular way, they ignore them. In fact, I don't understand because 
a woman here is natural, how does that take away from her beauty? Like, I always wonder, like, so if a person has hair and cut it off to add more hair, what makes her better looking than the person who kept the hair? All right, so you're looking for who has the best, what do they call it? Plate. What do they call it? Plate of hair? Or cream hair? What do they call it? There are so much here thing going on right now. Pick here and Brazilian here and Italian here. Process here, right? Do make a difference. Difference. Listen. A woman of godly character. When Proverbs 31, I'm, I'm not telling that men, I'm not telling that looks aren't important. I don't know if you know this, but my wife is older than me. And many people don't know. Because it wasn't about looks. It wasn't about had a degree and who didn't listen I had a car wasn't driving and she had a car so anywhere I needed to go nah, that's it. but she saw her potential there are other people who had what I call a greater spiritual posture than her and it wasn't about that but what God is doing for Lisa Hannah. I'm looking for a woman of God. So when you watch TV and you, 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 you see Omar Epps or these guys, listen, and, and then you look at them and you come to church and you say, but no man not in the church because you don't see Omar Epps in here and you don't see Usher Epps. Give me some of the music stars. What, what, what the black guy name that they like to talk about? No, no, that's, that's Washington. Oh, no, man. Idris, 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 and, 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 oh my God, and they're, they're coming to church, and they're saying, where's the Black Panther? It's what did that happen if you married to him? You'll be a widow right now. <laughs> You'll be a widow right now. So I'm telling you. So you should be thanking God. <laughs> that, that is not the one. See, some of you saw, like, um, Justin Bieber when he was younger. And you say, oh my God, he's so cute. And as he gets older, you said, oh my God. You like, oh, you, you never like seeing him anymore. You don't want to hear it. He's so annoying to you now. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who the others are. You understand me? <laughs> Boris Chester, I don't know them. But, 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 but I'm telling you, the, the problem is that we have all of these TV personalities. And then when we come to church, we put them in front of us and we, 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 just, we just have a, we have a picture of them and we just go like, let me put him in front of uh, Chad. Ah, Chad, me, <laughs> not tall enough, not, oh, Chad, you need to go to the gym. Like, like, listen, it's kind of amazing because when Chad starts going to the gym, he's not going to see you. Because what happens, when he upgrade to you, you are a... <laughs> I want you to understand. So if I am a downgrade to you now, when I upgrade, because you reap what you sow. When I upgrade, you are my. So be careful what you're looking for. In fact, you should not be looking 
You should be working and waiting and walking and talking with God. Amen? Amen. Come on, just clap your hands for the Lord this morning. Listen, just stand to your feet.